0: What's up? Hello, everybody. Cody Goodwin here from the Des Moines Register. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. Um, got a another special guest here this week. Going to break down some NCAA wrestling brackets with Robbie Wendell, who covers the ACC for Intermat. Robbie,
1: how you doing tonight? Great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you making the time. I know it's uh, it's a little later. We're recording this on Wednesday night right after the, uh, well, not right after, but um, we have some brackets to look at. NCAA released the, the brackets for Detroit. Um, we learned of the 33 qualifiers for each weight on Tuesday. Um, now we know who they're going to be wrestling and all the potential paths um, to the NCAA championship matches at all 10 weights. Let me start here, man. Um, I know you you tend to view these things with an ACC lens on, um, which is a, a really fun reason why I wanted to have you on because ACC you know pound for pound, you know probably as tough as the Big Ten right, which is a lot of what we we talk about here as well as some Big Twelve stuff with Iowa State and you and I. But um, general thoughts overall about the about the brackets and the seedings and just kind of anything big picture like what stuck out first as you're kind of scanning these things.
1: Uh, I mean, big picture ACC is. You know it, it's on the rise we're a great great uh conference got some solid teams. you know you got two teams that are going to be fighting for podium spots in in tech and nc state um realistically nc state very likely could be a top three top four team um they're bringing all 10 to detroit the big things that jumped off the page for me is acc wise uh, i mean most of the draws are good um there's a couple that that I wasn't real happy with the seeds, but you know that's that's the way it goes. Um, overall, you know, seeding wasn't terrible this year. Not nearly as bad as it's been in some other years. It's not as great as it's been in some years. So I mean, there's definitely going to people be people that have some complaints, but overall, you know, it's not a lot to complain about. I don't think. But
0: yeah, we'll I'm kind of I'm with you. Like I, it's it's interesting you know, going weight by weight, like, you know, like before we hit record here, we were talking, you know, like how is Austin DeSanto, the five seed right at 33, even though he's only lost to, you know, RBY and and Dayton fix, Um, you know, but then we look at heavyweight and it's like, okay, well, they, they gave Wyatt Hendrickson and Jordan Wood the nod for winning their conferences and they stuck Mason Paris at the seven, which, you know, anybody that knows brackets, your opposite Gable, you got a shot to get to the finals. Right. Um, Yeah. Just kind of, you know, and then there's, you know, how did they solve the riddles at like, 74, for example, which I mostly agreed with, kind of weird to see Mikey Labriel on the nine line, but, um, you know, do like that they, uh, you know, gave Hayden Heidley, for example, the benefit of the doubt there, put him at the four seed, even though he finished third this weekend. Um, Before we really dive into this, I was kind of, I wanted to pick your brain about um, the ACC just for like a second. You mentioned NC State, Virginia Tech, both teams that are probably going to be fighting for trophies this, uh, you know, I guess next week in Detroit. NC State's bringing all 10, Virginia Tech's bringing eight, um, UVA is also bringing eight go who's, um, got some Midwest boys coming out there to join the program here before too much longer. What, uh, what, what do you kind of ultimately take away from the ACC championships this past weekend that looked like it was, it was a pretty fun tournament.
1: A couple of big things. I mean, I think, uh, Pitt had a good tournament individually uh, as a team, not a great tournament, but individually wise, they, they were solid. I mean, they had four in the finals. Um, and I think Cole Matthews is, is poised to make, a big statement this weekend I think a lot of people have been kind of sleeping on him this season and he's gone under the radar and he's going to be real good uh, I think the biggest takeaway that I had from the tournament was NC State is ready to go um, they had a phenomenal tournament they I mean they, they placed everybody in the top three which you know six minute bracket, so it's not not great um, you know but that's still
0: impressive though like yeah that's... <laughs>
1: They they were ready to go and they won some really big matches. They um, they up some wins that they had losses earlier in the year and they they were fighting for bonus in pretty much every match. So I think they have the mindset that they are ready to be a, a podium team in Detroit. And I think I think it's going to happen.
0: What uh? So I mean, you mentioned like a guy like Cole Matthews. What's like another name or two that really that jumped out to you at the ACC Championships? Who you think could make a run in Detroit?
1: I think Corbin Myers. Um, I think he's you know kind of under the radar too, which you know shouldn't be. He's a sixth year and he's an All-American. Um, but he's only got one loss on the year, and that was I think an eight-seven decision to Mikhail McGee, and that was a great match. It was a last-second. He was in on a last-second takedown and had to get reviewed and got overturned. Otherwise, he'd be undefeated. Um, so I think he's a real danger. I mean, obviously you got Mackay and and Hayden. Uh, Trent's gonna be dangerous. Kazan Clark had a rough ACC tournament. He went 0 2. He had more losses last weekend than he had the entire season. Mm -hmm. So. um,
0: And hey, why not pair him up with another ACC guy? Yeah, yeah. The guy that gave him his first (laughs)
1: loss last weekend. So I think he's dangerous. And, uh, you know, when he's on, I think he could beat Ironman. Um, I think it'd be a fun match. I think Ironman also kind of builds later in the matches, like you saw against. You know his his last second win against Ryan Jack, uh, where he was able to kind of weather the storm and come back at the end. But I think Kazan Clark is very possibly the best third period wrestler I've seen all year. Um, it has more clutch takedowns in the third period than anybody else I think I've seen. Um, so I think he's realistic. I think Tariq is on fire. Um, you know Bryce Andoni is always dangerous. But I mean, there's there's a lot. Um, I think Justin McCoy's coming in under the radar. He's only got two losses on the year. He could make some noise. Um, and I mean 84 Gavin Kane. Unfortunately, he's gonna be in a quarter with Trent. So uh, it is what it is, but I think there's a lot of a lot of individuals that can make some noise, and I think team-wise, we're gonna be making some noise as well.
0: That'll be fun. That's always it, that's one of the fun parts, like you know the conference tournaments are always great, but like the, the really, the best part about the NCAA championships in addition to all the great wrestling is just like the, the team dynamics that come with it. Right. Cause I know everybody's going to have their eyes on like Penn state, Iowa and Michigan, but like, you know, NC state brought all 10 of their guys, right. Cornell is, you know, they've got their guys back. Um, You know, Princeton's going to have some heavy hitters, Virginia tech, you know, Arizona state won a trophy last year. Like there's just, there's going to be just some really fun and interesting team dynamics and, you know, all the hammers are here, right? Like that's, that's what's going to make this fun.
1: And the other thing we always have to take into account, you know, coming to the end of the season is injuries. And with, you know, all the medical forfeit stuff we saw last weekend, you know, who's at full strength. Do we know where people are really at? And, you know, are we going to see the best form of people? So what, you know, what role is that going to play? Are we going to see anybody at hundred percent? Is that going to affect the team race for the title? I mean, there's a lot of variables there.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, especially, you know, in the case of Iowa, this isn't the first time that a lot of these guys, this is maybe the first time where it's like a lot of guys dealing with injuries, right? Cause they had, you know, four guys medically forfeit out of placement matches last week, but um, you know, they've, I, we've seen guys deal with injuries through this tournament before and we've seen them deal with it. You know, we've seen them win, right? Like I, like Corey Clark's one of the first ones that come to mind. Um, obviously Spencer doing what he did last year. I don't normally count him cause he's an alien. Um <laughs> You know, but then there's also like, you know, sometimes like sometimes it gets the best of you, right? Like there's Sam Stoll dealing with an injury all year and he, you know, gets to the quarters and then goes, you know, loses twice. Um, You know, Marinelli had his freak thing with the rib and, um, you know, Mackay even, you know, last year he was dealing with an injury and he had to default out. Like there's, you know, you see that every year. And so it's, you know, when you get to this stage, you're going to go until you physically cannot go anymore, um, which is both parts really cool and inspiring, but it's also like, dang, man, like this is a brutal sport, right? Yeah,
1: very much so.
0: Absolutely. I mean, guy
1: last year that go to going two an O and just seeing the, uh, the hurt that he was going through to get to that point and gotten out that second win was impressive.
0: Yeah. So that's, you know, Hey, that, these guys these guys are crazy um absolutely crazy i like we knew that like especially those of us in the wrestling bubble that are just (laughs) we've been around the sport forever like we understand how hard this is but holy crap man sometimes it's you know like when you watch michael Kemmer's shoulder pop out and the athletic trainer goes and pops it back in and he's dizzy for a moment then he stands up and scores the match winning takedown it's like dude (laughs) like what you know like it's just it's like a reminder of like wow these guys are tougher than i could ever hope to be um, yeah, I've
1: had my shoulder go out a lot. I don't think I'm going to be picking up a winning takedown after that.
0: Just, yeah, against so. a guy who is an All-American, right? Like, not yeah, just, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, it was absolutely nuts. Um. Okay, so what I thought we'd do tonight, we could, we could go weight by weight in these brackets. Um, for those of you who have not seen them yet, there's a link to them in the show notes. So go ahead and click if you want to follow along. What I figured we could do, Robbie, is we could go weight by weight kind of pick out a match or two in the first round that looks the most interesting, um, you know, whether it's ACC, big 10, big 12, whatever we think's going on. Um, and just kind of, you know, I, th- I feel like from there we can just kind of riff on, you know, some of these matchups, some of these paths, you know, now that we kind of, we have the visual in front of us um, and just kind of, you know, go from there. It's, it sounds good to
1: you. Sounds good.
0: Right on. So we'll, well, let's start at 125. What's kind of a first round match that, you know, or maybe, you know, a path or, or something like what, what sticks out to you about this weight?
1: The first one that stuck out to me was the 17-16 match. You got Noto from Lockhaven, who's a, a transfer from uh, NC State this year. He's 29-1. Um, that's going to have an immediate impact on the team race against Hildebrand. And, you know, he's coming off, you know, not a good weekend for him. So we're starting, you know, the third match. I guess we got, we got pigtails, but, you know, second match of the, of the tournament is already going to have, implications on the team race
0: yeah no i I like that one i like that you know right in that top quad at 125 you know drew hildebrandt pat mckee like those guys wrestled for third and fourth last year and just a week ago you know this past weekend they wrestled in the wrestlebacks at the big 10 tournament and now here they are the eight seed and the 16 seed so you know i like that i like that pick um i haven't seen a lot of noto this year but hey shout out to lockhaven for winning the mac um i like the I'm going to go total opposite side of the bracket. I like the Trevor, Master Giovanni, and Kaisen Tarakina first-round match. Um, I had that one marked, Big 12 on Big 12 here, and the winner there gets a Big 10 versus Big 10 um, result with or D'Agostino. But I like I liked that one. Um, Tarakina had a pretty rough Big 12 tournament. Um, you know, he lost to Brody Teske, and then I think he stumbled all the way to seventh. So he he got in on an at-large. But he's got a win over Mastro earlier this year, 2-1. to one. Um, so if that's something he can replicate, you know, 26 seed moving into the second round, I think Iowa State would absolutely take that. The other one that also stuck out. Um, I like the I like the Teske certain first round matchup, another big 12 on big 12. I'm usually not a fan of the intra first round matchups. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, when I don't know, like, what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah, um, I, yeah, just generally not a fan, but yeah, there's there's a few intriguing ones here. I, but I, I I really like the the Tarakina Mastro one. Um, not really huge on team race implication. I know Oklahoma State's kind of limping into Detroit, and um, you know Iowa State. Not a, you know, I'm not sure that you know they're, they're kind of battling. I think more for a top ten placement than they are maybe for a trophy. But um, you know that could be a, a heck of a way to kind of kick off their tournament if Tarakina can knock off Mastro right out of the gate.
1: Yeah, I think Tarakina is dangerous. I mean, from a few matches of, of his that I've seen this year, he's, I mean, he's got some raw skill, and he's, I think he's a danger at any point. Yeah, I mean, he he's scraps. Got, he's, got, he's got one win over Mastro. I mean, would, be, would we be surprised if there was a second one?
0: Yeah, so he, he's tough, man. I think looking at this weight, you know, I, hey, there's Taylor Lamont there, too, returning NCAA semifinalist at the 21 seed. The way I've kind of viewed this weight all year has kind of been, okay, you got Nick Seriano at the one. Then you got Vito at the two Pat glory at the three, you know, I know those two were kind of interchangeable until Vito just erupted on them last week. And then Brandon <laughs> Courtney returning NCA finalist at the four seed behind those four. It's kind of a mixed bag, right? Like you got Killian Cardinal who won the big 12, Eric Barnett got to the big 10 finals. Um, you know, the ACC has, has some dudes at this weight that could make a lot of noise. Pat McKee's a returning all American, um, you know i mckee schroeder could see each other in the second round and they were both in the quarterfinals last year i'm pretty sure um you know or at least both in the second round schroeder i know made the quarters i think mckee actually came all the way back through the backside well i do so what's like from the from acc country what's been kind of the view of 125 this year has it been similar to that where it's kind of like you got the top four and then everybody else is in a bag and we're going to see how this thing plays out or or what do you you think of this weight overall uh
1: yeah acc wise it's it's kind of the top two. I mean, you got Latona and Camacho Camacho was picked up his first win ever over Latona at the, at the tournament last weekend. Um, Latona had a rough start to the season, but as he kind of settled into his weight, the second half of the season was great. Um, not real happy with either of their seeds, honestly, <laughs> I mean, Latona coming in at 24, is, I think he's a bit disrespectful, but here's what it is. I mean, he's got Schroeder first round. He was a, he was around of 12 guys last year, right?
0: Yeah. He got to the quarters and lost to Spencer.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be a, a good matchup off the, you know, off the jump. So I think, you know, Product Camacho is going to be good too. So uh, McCormick's got the pigtail match uh, against the uh, Stanford kid Ashton. Um, so then he's got Soriano. <laughs> so <laughs> not not a fun way to start your day. Um, but I think, you know, I think we could get a couple wins first round and then it's going to be a little tougher after that, but both of those guys, Camacho and Latona, I mean, they have the ability to be all American. I mean, Latona was last year. So, um, yeah, I think they could do it. Yeah, just kind Camacho of looking ahead.
0: Have. I'm trying to look at where they would cross or if they would hit in the Russell backs, like if Camacho wins and Latona doesn't. Um, or if Latona wins and Camacho doesn't because uh, Joey Prada is one of those like weird big 12, 25 founders where he like, he'll beat the good guys and then he won't beat the other guys. And that was, that was an interesting weight in an interesting conference. I'm not sure that they would hit until actually like the blood round late. or something. Yeah.
1: It'd be real late.
0: Yeah. So, um, Yeah, like kind of rough draw for Latona, but an interesting first round matchup. And especially if he can win, um, because I know like if he ends up wrestling McKee in the second round, McKee is one of those guys where he just, he seems to get better as the tournament goes. So, you know, maybe catching him, late on the first day when you, you know you got it you, you have on your mind like oh I got to go way in again right on the next right. day so I you know maybe maybe Latona could sneak into the quarters as the 24 seed wouldn't shock me at all I know Schroeder's dealing with something he was one of the medical forfeits from last week or last weekend um, so there might be an opportunity there for him to kind of sneak in and be like hey like remember me
1: yeah and he's been wrestling great um, and he picked up a, a, a gritty win over Camacho kind of controlled him in the duel And then Camacho had his number last weekend. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see either of them move into the quarters to possible things. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, there's also the potential for, uh, um, you know, if Prada is able to pull the upset over Camacho and Drake Ayala from Iowa wins in the first round, um, you know, Ayala would hit Courtney. If he can't win that one, he could potentially see Camacho on the backside. So, um, that'd be a fun little Friday morning matchup right out of the gate. Um, Yeah, it would. You know, especially for two teams that are right there, you know, th- that are going to be in the mix for trophies of some kind this weekend. Right. Or at least they have designs on trophies. Right. So I like this. I-, I-, I think the, you know, the first round has some interesting matchups, which will obviously play into the second round where there could be a ton more interesting matchups on Thursday night. Um, you know, just kind of looking at the Tarakina Mastro winner versus potentially Diagostino Teske or certain winner gets veto. Um, you know, Camacho glory, Courtney Ayala, this could be a fun little wait. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about 25. Any final thoughts on 25 before we move on?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think the top four are pretty solid, but it's going to be interesting to see how the, the bottom half of that all Americans shake out. Cause there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of guys who could sneak in there.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I think I, if there's one, Rustler, I think, as just kind of one final closing thought. Um, keep an eye on Brandon Kaler from Oregon State. Um, you know, he's got Ryan Miller from Penn first round, and then he could see Cardani or Eric Barnett in the second round. That could be a guy that could sneak into the quarterfinals potentially and see, you know, either Camacho or Glory, um, you know, first thing Friday morning. Just something that kind of, you know, I know Eric Barnett was pretty impressive at the Big Ten tournament last weekend, but you know, Brandon Kaler, just keep an eye on that guy. Maybe good call um to 133 where 1 seed Roman Bravo Young, 2 seed Dayton Fix, um 3 seed mikhail McGee, 4 seed Corbin Myers, uh DeSanto at the 5, Dylan Raguson at the 6, Lucas Bird at the 7 and then Ravon Foley at the 8. A lot of big 10 in the top 8. Um what are your initial impressions at 133?
1: I mean I'm not too upset about it. Like I said before, a little confused about DeSanto at the 5, but you know, like you said, the four, five, and six could have really been shaken up anyway, and it wouldn't have made a huge difference. Um, The biggest takeaway I had from 133 is like I went through the brackets and I marked off, you know, the first matches that kind of jumped out to me. Not a single first round match really jumped out to me at 133. (laughs) So, (laughs) The second round, we've got some great potential matchups, but nothing I mean, it looks pretty chalk to me. I mean, we'll see, but yeah,
0: yeah. no, I I, I think I, I probably agree with that assessment. Just kind of, you know, like there's like the guys that we cover, right? It's, you know, I'm looking at like, okay, Ramazan versus Kolioko, you know, probably give the nod to Kolioko. Just, you know, I know Ramazan had a slow start, fast finished at the Big 12 tournament, but, you know, you lean with experience in a matchup like that. DeSanto versus Sydney Flores. I've seen Sydney Flores enough this year, no disrespect, but that's, you know, DeSanto's probably looking at bonus points there. But, you know, kind of like you said, like, you know, DeSanto and Mickey Phillippe probably roll through their first matchups, but then Thursday night they could hit in the second round like that. That looks like a lot more fun than, you know, a lot of these first round matches, right? You know, Devin Turner, Joe Oliveri eh, doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, Kyle mm-hmm. Biscaglia, Braden Palmer from Chattanooga, like that one could be kind of fun um, just because Biscaglia, you know, if he doesn't pin you in the second period, he tends to wrestle pretty close matches. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, Palmer, I was impressed with what I saw from him. Um, saw a little bit of him at the at the, duals, the Virginia duels, and he was solid. I
0: mean, yeah, no, I think I, if there was like one first round matchup, um, and maybe this is me trying to talk myself into this particular matchup that looks kind of interesting. Um, you know, the at the 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 ten twenty three matchup, I guess between Chris Cannon and and Anthony Madrigal. I know Madrigal's been very hot and cold this season. Chris Cannon's a guy that's Um, You know, returning All-American was in, you know, he's kind of a forgotten guy in the Big Ten at 133 because, you know, you got RBY and DeSanto at the top. Lucas Bird's been spectacular. Dylan Ragason beat Lucas Bird last weekend for third. So, it's like, Oh yeah, Chris Cannon's still there. Like that might be one to watch just cause you know, which Anthony Madrigal are we going to get in the first round? Um, you know, I think he's capable of winning a matchup like that, but you just, you don't know which one you're going to get. Right. So that's, right. if there is one, it's probably that one that I would like, you know, that, that's one I'd probably circle.
1: I mean, keep your eye on, uh, the ACC matchup at the bottom there, Arini and, and Heilman, they split this year. Um, Heilman beat him in the duel and Arini beat him at the tournament. They're both solid. They're young. Um, got a Ar-
0: a Missouri guy. Yeah. Big shout out to segment yeah. high school.
1: <laughs> he's a, he's a trip, man. He's got a, a lot of potential. Um, and I think he's kind of figuring out that he does. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he's like when he's got a little bit more experience under his belt, but I mean, he had a solid season, um, but Heilman, you know, was split in time um, with uh, Hernandez while he was injured and you know, he came back from the one match and then was still injured. So i took over full, full time and had a great end of the season. So that'll be a fun match and being both their matches were solid. So that'd be a good one to watch. Right. It's yes. really okay. a toss up too.
0: Yeah. Right. That's kind of, that that's, you know, I think, I feel like a lot of the first round matchups that we'd be looking at are probably, you know, 16, 17, 18, 15 first round matchups, but, um, which makes sense when you look at the seating, but, um, so let's, okay, so let's do this experiment with 133, knowing full well that, you know, come Thursday morning, this will probably blow up in our faces. <laughs> um, let's assume that the seeds hold. Which second round match are you most looking forward to?
1: Uh, I think DeSanto-Philippi will be a solid match. Um, I have one upset, I think, uh, in the first round. I think Chance Rich, uh, the roadrunner there, is going to take Hedkins out. Been impressed by what I've seen from him. And I think him and Myers will have a good match um, in that second round as well. So that'd be a good one to watch.
0: Uh, I like that. Hutkins is another guy that's, you know, he's got some good wins. He's got some, it's like, how'd you lose that one after you won that one, right?
1: Yeah. One of those yeah. guys. Agreed.
0: But I um, like that one.
1: The other thing that that's kind of jumped out to me just looking through brackets is, you know, the turnaround at Oregon State um, has been pretty phenomenal and what they've done in just the, the two years there has been impressive. Um, there are
0: a lot of Oregon state guys. what they, they brought, I think eight, if I'm looking at this right, they brought eight. Um, and a lot of them are on that, like, you know, i call it the blood round bubble, I guess, where they're, you know, somewhere between that 13 and nine range, um, which tells me, Right offhand, because I haven't seen a ton of Oregon State this year. One, those dudes are going to scrap. And two, like, you know, clearly the seating committee thought highly enough of them to kind of put them in that, you know, that range where they think Mm -hmm. they're, you know, probably going to win a handful of matches in Detroit, which is like really fun. Right. And I know that there was a lot of people that like enjoyed Arizona or have enjoyed Arizona State's resurgence you know, just cause that means there's a team out West, right? Like, and it's not just a team, it's a good team. It's a team that's coming here to score points and win trophies. And it'd be nice to see more, you know, like super pumped that uh, Rob Cole's out at Stanford, super pumped in what Oregon state's been able to do with Pendleton and angle. And those guys out there, um, I agree with mm-hmm. you. That's a, that's a, that's a nice observation. It'd be kind of fun if they can continue this rise over the next few years, just yeah, kind of see where really- they go.
1: Seratus is really putting it together at Poly too. They've they've got a lot of good stuff going too.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun. That's uh yeah that's that's thirty three. I'm I'm super intrigued. Um, you know if the seeds hold, I'm i super intrigued by the potential Kyle Biscaglia, Mikhail McGee second round matchup just because Biscaglia is pretty stingy. Um, so that's just an interesting clash of styles, right? Because Mikhail mm-hmm. McGee can you know very quickly put up 14, 15 points.
1: Yeah, he, can, he can he can rack them up real quick. Yeah.
0: Super explosive, super fun to watch, um, you know, along those same lines, um, you know, Chris Cannon, Lucas Bird, I think. That, and I know that's Big Ten on Big Ten, but that one could be pretty fun, um, you know. And then just like weirdly, the the Kolioko-Ravon Foley matchup in the second round, potentially, again, if the seeds hold um, Kolioko, the nine, Ravon Foley, the eight, I think that one could be a lot of fun as well. That's 33. I, I, you got any final thoughts on, on 33?
1: Uh, that Courtney Foley match would be fun. Um Courtney's real funky. and can get some weird positions and kid can cradle from a lot of places. So, you know, if Foley doesn't come out ready to roll, I could see, you know, Courtney giving it giving him a run.
0: How does uh how does Courtney fare when it comes to hand fights and underhooks and generally speaking, Greco-Roman wrestling? Because that's a lot of what Foley does. <laughs>
1: uh not as not as well. Um definitely needs to get into the scramble positions to to really be successful. Um, that's kind of his his bread and butter. So, I think Foley avoids a lot of that, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, Foley's Foley's not afraid to tie up. Does a lot of stuff out mm-hmm. of underhooks.
1: I don't think any of the Michigan State guys are afraid to tie up. I yeah. Think they
0: like yeah, they kind of like that. Yeah, they like living in that world. Um, so that makes it you know like if 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 Foley gets to his ties, like how can Courtney create a scramble or a wrestling position out of those? Like that could that could be a fun little explosive first round match. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it. Um, at forty-one, um, kind of went how at least I thought the seeds would go. Right, you got Nickley at the one, Jaden Ironman at the two, Sebastian Rivera at the three, everybody else behind them. Um, you know, Rial Woods gets the four, Andrew Alirez, Big Twelve champ gets the five, um, Cole Matthews from Pitt at the six. I like I like his position. Um, you know, and especially. We'll, you know, I will obviously talk about this too. Sebastian Rivera with his injury. Um, you know, what version of sea bass is he going to see if they meet in the quarters? Right. So there could be an opportunity there for Cole Matthews to sneak in, um, Grant Willits from Oregon state. Um, I know he had a strong bit, a PAC 12 tournament. He's not, not, not the easiest little quad there, um, to potentially hit Nick Lee on the top side at, at 41. Cause he's got Carter young first. If he wins, it's either Allen Hart or Stevan Micic. Um, love the little first round matchup between uh, Dylan Demilio and Quinn Kinner. Um, one, a current mm-hmm. Buckeye, one, a former Buckeye. Um, what sticks out about this way? What's kind of your initial thoughts?
1: Uh, Chad Rose, Dresden Simon's is going to be a crazy match
0: in the first round. Uh, this was okay. Yeah. This, I full, full stop. <laughs> this was the one I circled as my first round match to watch. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you know, Chad red is always, always a different level, uh, for the NCAA tournament. Um, and with that note, his dad is in the in the stands as well. Um, I sat with him. I sat next to him in Pittsburgh, and and that was that was real fun. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be a that's going to be a great match to open it up. And they both had to have uh, at larges, right? Simon had. Uh, well. I
0: know Red did. I, did Simon I not come Simon out of the did MAC?
1: It. Did I he? Think he had to, I think he had. I think he had at large as well.
0: So hey, why not put two of the at large guys in the top 20? There
1: you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. What, uh, what I could say. Okay. So what other first round matches kind of stick out to you? Because that's, that's, that's one of the obvious ones, but there are a few others that I was, I'm, I'm curious about.
1: I think uh, Kazmir, Shannon, Hannah, um, Hannah's dangerous. He's super fast. Um, he's got great ducks, great outside work. Um, and he can score really, really quickly. I haven't seen a lot of Kazmir, but um Hannah's definitely one to watch from Campbell
0: big fan of that one, big fan of the, uh, of Clark, Ryan, Jack. Um, mm. Cause then the winner gets Ironman and along the same lines of, you know, talking, we were talking Rivera, Cole Matthews, um, you know, keys on Clark, Ryan, Jack, like which, what version of Jaden Ironman would the winner of that one get right? Assuming Ironman takes care of business in the first round. Um, yeah.
1: And which, which version of are we going to see too. I mean, he was, had one loss on the year to Cole Matthews and then had two losses last weekend. So yeah. this nice is a guy that's got a really win work. over
0: Chad red earlier in the year.
1: He does. It was a close match too.
0: Yeah. That was an excellent match. Um, so I, I like that. This is the 41 was a really fun way to big tens. And it's even more fun. Um, just here, right. Cause you got, you know, Ian Parker was the big 12 top seed. And then he goes down in the first round of Jacob Butler, who's now seeded 30th because why not? <laughs> um, you know, and his penalty, Ian Parker's, is for losing in the first round. Is a matchup with Parker Phillips who a little bit of hot and cold in the Big Ten this year. But if you win, you probably get Real Woods. Um, <laughs> have fun with that, right? Um, <laughs> touched on Alan Hart, Devon Miechich. Um the D'Amelio Kinner one's is kind of fun, and the winner gets probably Nick Lee. This, I, this is this one's got potential. I think to get a little weird, right? Agreed.
1: Like, Agreed. You know.
0: And I, we've talked about the injuries of like Ironman and Rivera, but like you know, Ian Parker's a guy who I think you know, if fully healthy and his head's right, he could make a run here. Um, Andrew Alirez, I think, is fine. You know, forty-one seems to be his weight, and he's wrestling really, really well. Um, mentioned good. mentioned Grant Willets, but that's yeah. I, Nick Lee's going to be a problem in the quarters, but um, you know, I, I think there's little doubt that Nick Lee, you know, barring something unforeseen, will probably be there on Saturday night. I think it's more, you know. Who's going to file in behind him? Who's going to meet him in the finals? Because like Clay Carlson, from South Dakota State, for example, like, you know, Jacob Berglund has having a really good year. That could be a second round match. Um, yeah. You know, Frankie Taushahar looked pretty good last weekend. I don't know. Like there's there's a lot to like about this weight because it's pretty volatile up and down this first round.
1: Yeah. 41 is definitely going to be one of the more fun weights to watch. Another one to watch is out of the ACC's Dele Daniel. Unfortunately, he's got the pigtail. Then he's going to have Nick Lee. So that's not, you know, just like a 25, not optimal start for UVA there. Um, but he's one who got injured early in the season, was out until ACCs uh, started back up. So he doesn't have a great record, but he's was really he really came on last weekend. He's real explosive. He's, he's got a lot of potential, and he's 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 rolling in with some momentum. Um, so he could make a run on the backside. I mean, I don't see him beating Nick Lee, but. Stranger things have happened, so but I think he could do he could do some damage on the backside. Same thing with you know whoever loses out of that Kishon Clark and Ryan Jack, they're going to do some damage on the backside as well. Um, I really like Cole Matthews' path. I think he's got a great great run. Um, you know, we'll see what she Bassett is like you said, but the way he's been wrestling all year, I could see him making a real deep run.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, I, we've seen this tournament enough to know that if you get to Friday night, anything is possible, right? Like mm-hmm. you just, you got to get there and you got to give yourself the opportunity. And, um, you know, I hope that, you know, Rivera stays healthy, but you know, even if he is healthy Friday morning can get a little haywacky too. Right. So it's, I, I, I agree with you. That was one of the first things when I saw this weight, I was like, Oh, Hey, like Cole Matthews, NCAA semifinals. Absolutely. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I want to see Ironman Rivera, um, you know, they, you know, Ironman's path ain't easy, right? Like you get like either Clark or Jack and we saw the, the Ironman Jack matchup earlier, you win there and, and the seeds hold. It's probably Clay Carlson who has been fantastic the last year and a half or so. And then, you know, either Rivera or Cole Matthews um, or anybody who might beat them. So it's, you know, like that's I mean, Clay, the,
1: Clay Carlson has a lot of matches. He's got 34 matches this year. That's uh, gotta be right up there with the most in the country
0: it's 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 gotta be you don't really see guys coming in with 30 wins let alone 30 matches anymore yeah um so i what Demilio up top has is 21 and 9 so there's 30 matches but not you just you don't see very parker philias is what's that 32 um not a ton um yeah and i wonder like how much like is that you know is that gonna have an impact i mean shoot the the who ironman has first round um Wilfredo gill um that's you know what 34 matches right there. So it's kind of, that's, that's another interesting thing about seeing all these brackets is like seeing all the records is cause like sometimes mm-hmm. you have six and five and then sometimes there's just 17 and then sometimes there's Clay Carlson sitting there with 30 wins at <laughs> seven spots, So it's, yeah. it's, it's which is weird because, you know, like, I don't know, like through the nineties, like people like to make this point all the time. And I think it's interesting, um, you know, like those guys would come in, you know, they, they would, at the end of the tournament, they'd have 40 wins, you know, and sometimes they'd have 10 losses to go with that, or they'd be 40, whatever (laughs) in three. And it's like, huh, times have changed just a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think as, you know, with everything that people figured out last year, it's just going to stay that same way too, that the count's going to go down and a lot more, a lot more roster man or a lot more match management.
0: Yeah. Well, and I wonder how much of it is a trickle down effect from like the senior level. Um, Mm cause a lot of those guys only wrestle, you know, 15 20 25 times a year and you know sometimes they'll go to like international events or they'll go to like the Bill Farrell Fer- or the Dave Schultz or you know the some you know just to like get ready for the US Open or whatever but like most of their matches take place at like the US especially for the US guys, US guys and girls, they'll go to the US Open, they'll go to the World Team Trials and like that's you know those are obviously the most important parts of their schedule throughout the year but it's just they don't they don't really wrestle a ton and now we're yeah, starting to see that a little bit in the matches. college level yeah we're starting to see it a little bit at the college level and some i know a lot of these guys are probably dealing with various injuries but yeah you know like i penn state like i know nick lee has you know he skipped a couple duels here and there but just 17 matches this year like that's you know i think we're gonna see that stick yeah. like a lot more moving forward
1: agreed agreed
0: yeah, that's, uh, that's 41 for the most part. You got anything else uh, before we move on?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I'm interested to see which Devon Mitchell shows up. I mean, he's been kind of disappointing with what we've seen this year, but, I mean, we know what he's capable of, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. one of the guys where, what I think his NCAA tournament career, he has only ever lost to guys that have previously won NCAA titles. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, because, like, there was one year where he took fourth and – I want to say he lost to yeah he, the year he took fourth he lost to Corey Clark who won it that year and then Nathan Tomasello who had previously won it so like that's <laughs> like that you know and then the what he got to the finals one year he lost to Seth Gross um, you know I previously like he's like if you look at his NCAA tournaments he's only ever lost to guys who have won it so be curious to see if that sticks. Um, Forty nine more uh, more first round. I think more potential for first round volatility here, right? I think you, you start with Yanni at the top, um, the one seed, but then you got Tariq Wilson at the two, Austin Gomez at three, Sammy Sasso at the four, Kyle Parko at the five, Jonathan Milner at the six, Josh Heil at the seven, and then Max Mirren from Iowa at the eight seed. What uh, what sticks out initially to you at 141 or 149?
1: Um, like you said, there's a lot of potential for chaos here and i potential. love it yeah no this is, this is i love a, it this is going to be a fun weight <laughs> um acc wise 49 is you know a, a pretty solid weight you got Tariq, uh indonian fine silver and sherman all all coming through I and mean, sherman's got the pigtail and then he's got yanni not not a big fan of the uh the fact that the acc's got three of these drawn into the first to the, to the top seed but is what it is but um there's going to be some real fun matches this first round. GFL or Ogensanya stuck out. It's uh, very think,
0: quietly going to be a fun first round match.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like I didn't get to see a lot of the tournament last week, but Ogunsonia was injured? Is that he's coming th- off or th-
0: I think so, yeah. I know he was dealing with something. I'm not sure the severity of it.
1: Okay. But he's. I mean, he could be real dangerous, so that'll be a fun one.
0: I like the, uh, I like the Bo Bartlett calling real Buto first round match. Um, yep. Bo Bartlett, obviously, but you know, Penn state's going to be in the thick of this team race. Um, but real Budo, um, new Panther wrestler this year, um, transferred in from Brown. He's part of that real Budo family that wrestled at Cornell. Um, he put a lot of really good things together last week at the big 12 tournament. He made the semis, came back and finished third. He got wins over Josh Edmond from Mizzou. He beat Jared Dagan for third place. Um, you know, looked really, really good. And now he's, he's the 20 seed just based on the whole body of work of the season, but that's a matchup. He could absolutely win in the first round. Um, You know, you win that one, whoever wins that one, you get Sammy Sasso in the second round. So have fun there, but that could, that could really help. Um, You know, I think Northern Iowa, they brought eight guys that could, um, you know, I think that could help a potentially pretty solid first round showing for them. If he's able to pull that one off, that one's super intriguing, just different factors at play there. Plus, um, you know, just like kind of a real cool story there. If he's able to, um, you know, make some magic happen this weekend to just transferring in and, and figuring things out with Doug Schwab and the gang.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: Yaya and Josh Feinsilver is going to be a great match at the 19.
0: And, and the winner could probably see Austin Gomez in the second yeah. round.
1: <laughs> Again, not optimal. Not optimal.
0: Yeah. Yaya was one of the, uh, I, we were keeping count last week in Lincoln one of six past all Americans that did not finish in the top eight at their weight at the big 10 tournament, because wow. conference tournaments are just freaking hard. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but I, the other thing about Yaya too, is he was the 25 seed last year and he finished third. So, you know, I think he's, he's probably okay being, you know, a pretty high seed. Um, but I agree that's, that's going to be a fun first round match. I like that one.
1: Yeah. Fine Silver's dangerous. I mean, he's, he's solid. Um, Positionally, just just really good. Um, he was sick last weekend and definitely was not himself. Um, ended up in the fifth place match and, and tough that went out over for clearing. Um, I had a call go his way. They got reversed at the end of the match um, to get the fifth place win and move on. But he, I mean, he could definitely make a run as well.
0: I like that. But he's yeah. gonna,
1: he's gonna he's he's gonna have a a tough test to to start so
0: yeah because if you look at you know just and it's easy to picture it because if you're looking at the bracket they're sitting right next to each other just these two quads but you know the the winner of yaya and fine silver if they happen to lose to gomez they could potentially see if the seeds hold the loser of bartlett and real Buto in the Russellbacks, and so it's like okay let's get funny um you know, or that you know, I I could see either one of those guys. This is you know, this is where the fun of forty nine and and the volatility here. Like I could see Yaya in the quarters. I could see Gomez in the quarters. I could see Fine Silver in the quarters, quarters, and I could see them against either. You know, you look right down those next two slots. Like Bryce Andonian as <laughs> the eleven seed is probably going to be the most dangerous eleven seed in the tournament this week. Um, you know, or next week. But you know, he's got to get through Jonathan Milner first, but. You know, I, I, most of us who have seen Bryce Andonian know that he could probably spend a whopping one minute on the mat over his first two matches, and none of us would be surprised. And by that, I mean two quick pins, and he's in the quarters, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's like... going to be, that one's going to be a really fun second round match. Um, and I don't think he's going to have any, any trouble with, uh, Rick Nola. And I don't think Milner's going to have any problem with Corey Crook. So I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll definitely hit. Um, but that'll be a fun match because Milner's, Gary good. He's real, real fast. And real, he, his ankle picks were uh, he picked apart fines over twice this year and with no issue whatsoever. So that'll be a real fun one, different styles, but I mean, Andoni is just, he's, I can't even explain him. He's, he's, he's something else, man. <laughs> just, just watching him, like just, he doesn't, he doesn't seem bothered by anything. Like he's just, There, like he he lives in the moment and and just kind of goes with whatever's there and is not afraid to throw anything. So, this you know that kind of wrestler in this setup, you know he could make a real deep run because he's not afraid to try something. Yeah, Um, right. And in in a
0: tournament setting, it's you know if you if you decide you want to throw the kitchen sink, like that's the difference between you know the quarters and wrestling back. mm -hmm. So. I like that. I like that. This, I, this way, it's going to be fun, man. Cause I, on that same side of the bracket, like you got Josh Heil, Josh Edmond, first round, like Edmond needed an at large after stumbling at big 12s, um, you know, and the winner there sees the winner of Ridge yeah. Lovett, Jay <laughs> Navis. Like, why not? Right. Match, like yeah. that's,
1: <laughs> that's going to be a fun one,
0: you know? And then the winner of whoever wins those two matches, like, you know, you're looking at Tariq Wilson potentially in the quarters, but even then, you know, Michael Blockus is going to give him a hell of a hand fight, even though Blockus is 13 and 13. Um, I give, I'll i give Wilson the, you know, the edge there. But, you know, then you're looking at either Anthony Artelona or Legend Lamer in the second round for Tariq. And that's, you know, both of those guys can scrap. You mentioned Cal Poly earlier. There's, you know, Legend Lamer sitting right there. Um, this is just a fun weight, man, like just up and down. And like, I know it's kind of, you know, Yanni against the field, but. The rest of the field, like who you know, whoever comes out of the bottom side is going to earn it, and just you know, whoever finishes on the podium here, like this is going to be a fun little wait.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm real real excited with where Tariq's at. I mean, he's he rounded into his postseason form early. He's got two wins over Indonia in the last two weeks, both controlling, you know, handled him pretty well. Um, really, the best. I said it at the time, but I think. His first match against him in that duel was the best I've ever seen anybody like control the chaos that Andonian creates, and he just turned it into his own points, and he does that so well. Um, he's also like a foot taller than everybody else at one forty nine. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's gonna be dangerous. I I hope we get to see him against Yanni, because I think that would be a really fun match because they're they're very different. So that'd be a fun yeah. one.
0: No, that I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think there's, you know, there's the potential for an all-ACC semifinal on the bottom side, and then you could on the other semifinal, you know, Yanni, Sammy, Sasso. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, as early as three weeks ago, probably thought that that was the potential NCAA final, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, and now it's happening in the semifinals. So I, I, I would love to see Tariq Yanni just because the clash of styles, like Tariq, will run through you six, seven, eight times a match, Yanni will find a way to scramble. And I don't know that there's anybody better when in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, and then, you know, you have to, you know, Austin Gomez, Bryce Andonian. both those guys are not afraid to hit the home runs. Um, I think the one thing that really impressed me about Gomez at the big 10 tournament was, you know, he hit the home run against Ridge Lovett, but then against Sammy Sasso, he was not afraid to take the singles and doubles. Like he was mm-hmm. just, you know, he, he tried to go double unders really quick, right out of the gate, and Sasso took him down, and then after that, it was you know, reshot, reshot, reshot. He controlled the head. He controlled the ties. Um, it was a very impressive match. And I was like, hey, like he he brings that again in Detroit. Like not going to be shocked at all to see him wrestling on Friday night in the center of the wishbone. So it's like, you know, let's let let's see what you got here, man. And so, you know, the way the bracket ultimately fell, there's going to be no easy path to get to the semis, especially on that bottom side. Um, yeah but that's part of what makes this so fun, man. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. This is one of, I think this was like the first weight that I kind of saw as like, yes, like Yanni's probably yeah. the dude here, but this, this bracket is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Um, yeah, and it has the potential to fall apart immediately. Yeah. Literally <laughs> anywhere. You know, I yeah.
0: like, you know, you can look even at the 16, 17 matchup between Jared Dagan and Willie McDougal. They, you know, mm-hmm. McDougal's beaten them twice this year, including in the big 12 semifinals, but you know, I think it was like four to two in overtime and then five to four on like a third period takedown. Like that's, you know, that's a matchup Dagan could win. He's a past all American. Like, you know, he knows how this song and dance goes. Um, you mentioned OG versus Caden G Feller. Um, you know, I like Miran's first round match, but you know, OG or G Feller, like either one of those guys could cause Mirren problems. I know Miran beat a mm-hmm. earlier this year, but you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that OG's in the quarters against Yanni on Friday morning. Like that's, like you said, just so much potential for chaos in this weight. And I am, the, this is the first one where I was like, heck yeah, like every yeah. single matchup in this bracket's going to be fun. Agreed.
1: Agreed. I like
0: that. I like that. At 157, um, pretty straightforward. I thought on the seeds for the most part, um, you know, David Carr at the one, Ryan Deacon at the two, uh, Ja'Cory Teamer from Arizona State at the three, Ed Scott at the four. Um, then you got Quincy Monday, five, Jared frantic, six, Josh Humphreys at the seven. And then, um, will Lawan at the eight, um, I thought a little weird seeing Brady Berge at the 16 after he beat Caleb young twice last week. But, um, you know, I guess he spent, he only wrestled half the season and half of that. He spent up at 65 while he was waiting to descend to 57. So I guess mm. I kind of get it, but not exactly. Um, yeah, like this, I, you know, I, I, again, similar to 49, I think it's probably pretty easy to like lightly pencil in David Carr and Ryan Deacon in the um, finals, but um, I feel Ooh. like Jakory teamer could probably cause some problems for Deacon in that semifinals if they both were to hit. Um, and I say big if because you got guys like you know Josh Humphreys could cause some problems potentially um, you know out of the seven spot. Um, you know, can Ed Scott, stop david carr in the semis um or quincy monday for that for that matter also like versus monday would just be a spectacular throwback in the semifinals <laughs> at 157 if that one were to happen um there there's a lot of intrigue i think in in this way too maybe not as volatile as 49 um at least with some of the the higher seeds but um yeah what 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 do you think about this way what kind of what, what are you looking at
1: the biggest thing you didn't mention is the fact you have a national champ sitting in an 11 seed Austin O'Connor.
0: That's right. A a dinged up Pat returning national champ, but a national champ nonetheless.
1: Yeah. He uh, was a little gimpy last weekend. Um, And unfortunately in that final against Scott, but Scott, you know, handled it pretty well. Um, Ed Scott's been on a different level all year and he's wrestling out of his mind right now. So
0: one of the prettiest lefty headlocks in the country.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and he, he finds it from a lot of different places you wouldn't think that it's there, um, and he's not afraid to throw it. But you know O'Connor, he's shown that he can beat anybody in the country. He's got two losses on the year. He lost to Peyton Rob early um, in their duel in Nebraska, and then he lost to Scott. Um, so those were only two losses. So dropping all the way to the eleven was a little, I thought a little much. But you know, I don't make the make the bracket. So. Um, but he's going to have a, a tough run cause he's going to have Franick in that second round and Franick is like a brick wall. So that'll be a tough run.
0: Yeah. I like the, yeah, he's in a tough spot, man. And I don't like he's, it's interesting cause there, there weren't, um, you know, a, a lot of the ACC stuff that I caught from this past weekend was more the final stuff, um, you know, and it was interesting watching O'Connor's match because that had just happened after we had gotten done with a lot of the big 10 stuff. And there was a very riveting Twitter conversation about the medical forfeits and whatnot. And (laughs) I just like, I was watching O'Connor like, dude, why you in this match, you know, like, and that's maybe that's bad. I don't know. But like, I I don't like hindsight's 2020. I don't know that he should have actually wrestled that match. Like one to just, stay as healthy as he possibly can but two like very clearly it impacted his seating i mean now that he's down in the 11 line and yeah. i don't think that it helped that you know losing to peyton rob and peyton rob stumbled all the way to you know fifth place at the big 10 tournament i don't think that helped him at all but um yeah just kind of like interesting i don't know like interesting to kind of compare and contrast like what happened at big tens with you know what happened at the acc tournament
1: i think that and what i've said kind of in regard to this, as far as the ACC tournament goes, is it, it's a different monster. I mean, it's a one day tournament. It's a six man bracket. It's not the grind that it is, you know, to have a two day tournament. And so you're not going to see the same amount of forfeits. It's not going to benefit you. Um, And I think the thought there was, you know, if he can beat Ed Scott, then that's going to help his ranking. And his seed more than it would to hurt him if he loses to him. Because he, you know, if he loses to him, he's losing to a one loss guy. Um, if he beats him, he's you know, handing the second loss to a, a really strong wrestler with a good resume. So I think that was the thought that he could gut it out, but he wasn't able to. Um, he was definitely in pain. He was yelling a lot and just wincing. And, and I mean, he fought through it. So more power yeah. to him.
0: There's a, there's a lot of interesting first round matchups here. I'm, I'm super intrigued. Like the, you know, Jared JQ's Will LaJuan. Will Wan looked really good at the big 10 tournament. Um, I know Jarrett JQ's has kind of been hot and cold this weekend, but that's, that's intriguing. I think Mizzou's kind of in that same um, mold or same mix as, you know, like NC state and then Virginia tech and, and Arizona state. They, you know, they could potentially win a trophy if they wrestle really well, but we'll, we'll see which version of Mizzou shows up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Really like the uh, the Elijah Cleary Justin Thomas first round yeah. matchup. I think that one could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, just two guys that are not afraid to just kind of throw it out there and, and score some points. Um, you know, the Jacob Wright Chase Aldate first round matchup, Michigan State and Wyoming. I think that one could be fun. Marcus Hartman Peyton Rob um, mm-hmm. Army versus Nebraska. That one could be a lot of fun. There's there's a lot of you know, and I I think a lot of these guys maybe not like the top tier of the weight, uh, but you know, a lot of these guys, you know, Justin Thomas, Elijah Cleary, Will JR, JQs, Peyton Rob Marcus Hartman. Like, these are guys that probably need to win their first-round matchups in order to make a run this weekend. Like, I'm obviously, they could still come through on the backside, but, um, you know, I think it would obviously help a lot of these guys in their pursuit of podium finishes to win those first-round matchups. And there's quite a few of them at this weight. I, which ones kind of stick out to you?
1: Um. That's a really good question. I think Peyton Rob kind of sticks out in my mind. Um, Been really impressed. I haven't seen a lot of him this year, but I was really impressed with what I've seen from him. Um, Seemed like he kind of stumbled in Big Ten competition, but you know that happens. Yeah, Um, it's kind of a tough, tough run. Um, So I think he could do some things, but I mean Hartman's also dangerous. Um, So that'll be a real fun match. Um, Connor Brady. um, Started off the season really, really strong. Had a pretty awful run in the ACC. Um, and then had a good tournament last weekend. So if he's on, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and he can make a run on the backside. I think he could give Monday a good match. Um, I think Quincy takes that. But I think Connor can make a run on the backside. Um, really impressed what I, with what I saw from Cleary this year. Defensively, real tough to score on and when he holds he opens, position
0: really well. Yeah.
1: And when he opens up, he can put points on the board. I think when he's lost is when he's been really just relied on the defense. Um, and he's had a lot better results when he's, when he's gone after people. So if we get the offensive Cleary, I mean, he could, he could do some things. Um, but we'll see. I'm really yeah. excited to see Ed Scott. I think he's going to make a really deep run. Um, and if he can get to Carr, that'll be a real fun match too. Oh, absolutely!
0: I like that. the the fr- The potential Friday morning matchups. You know, David Carr versus let's let's assume the seeds hold here. David Carr will win, or Caleb Young. I know that they've wrestled once, and Young beat him. I think it was like four to one or something like that. Um, Quincy Monday, Ed Scott, um, Jacory Teamer versus Jared Franek or Austin O'Connor if he's healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. And then Josh Humphreys, Ryan Deacon, um, which, by the way, Ryan Deacon, first round matchup against Wyatt Sheets, who made that impressive, (laughs) incredible run on the backside. Like, I know he's he's limping into this tournament, Wyatt Sheets is, but um, I believe
1: he was last year, too.
0: Yeah. Like, he, like, he, I think he was one of those guys that got in as an alternate um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he lost in the pigtail and then just rattled off all these wins on the backside and finished eighth. Um, So, yeah, here you go, Ryan Deacon. It's your last NCAA tournament. You're going to start with an All American. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, and then he, I, you know, from there, like, you know, love it. Cerniglia, both tough guys, not sure that Deacon's going to have much of an issue there, but then, you know, the, the Josh Humphreys matchup potentially in the quarters, um, or Peyton Robb, if he's able to get there, Peyton Robb gave him a really fun match in the big 10 semis, um, was able to take him down, um, you know, gave himself an opportunity in the third period. So, um, you know, that one's, uh, Josh Humphreys is going to have to probably work for that one quite a bit. That'll be a lot of fun. I, the Friday morning matchups here, However, we get to them are going to be a lot of fun because of their just all the intrigue, I think, with those first round matchups, you know, because like you said, you know, a guy like Elijah Cleary, if he opens up, you know, could, could he could he get I think he could get through Justin Thomas Ed Scott might be a little bit of a tougher challenge, but, you mm-hmm. know, that could be a very fun Thursday night match. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, same thing with, you know, the winner of Jacob Wright, Chase Haldate against, um, you know, presumably Quincy Monday. We'll see which, uh, which version of Conor Brady we get. There's uh, just those, the intrigue of the first round is going to make the rest of the front side of this tournament. And even the Wrestlebacks, too, just really intriguing to me, I think.
1: Agreed. I think the two people to watch to kind of outplace their seeds, um, O'Connor, if he's healthy. And I think Josh Humphreys, you know, with what we've seen from them this year, he, you know, he's top four, top four uh, potential and he's coming at the seventh seed. So he's not, not a bad seed, but I, mean, I think he's a, uh, he's one to really keep an eye on.
0: To, to 65, another one of the weights where I was like, <laughs> yes, like this is going to be a blast. Um, Evan Wick from Cal Poly got the one seed here. Keegan O'Toole from Mizzou. With the two, um, Alex Marinelli, the three, Dean Hamidi at the four, Shane Griffith at the five, Cam at the six, Carson Karchler at the seven, and then Philip Conigliero at the eight seed. um, Another weight, like similar to 49, where there's just, there's a lot of potential for chaos here. Um, And I am here for all of it, any and all of it, right? Like, and especially like, look at the bottom side of the bracket, right? I know like, people are probably lightly penciling O'Toole in to kind of make the finals, but like right above him, Austin Yant and Anthony Valencia, because why not? Um, (laughs) Right above them, you could see Jake Wenzel, a returning finalist against Carson Karchla, who I think a lot of people thought had finalist potential until he stumbled at the Big Ten tournament last weekend, um, was the one seed he took fourth. You know, Cam Amin, beat Carson Karchla. You could see him versus Alex Marinelli in the quarterfinals if they both get there. Um, uh, but the other Ogunsanya there's sitting there in the second round, but he's got to get through Justin McCoy first. So it's like, that's going to be really fun. <laughs> um, I think Dean Hamidi's going to finally break out and become like a national star this weekend as the four seed. Um, you know, he's, I, his path could, you know, Julian Ramirez from Cornell and then potentially Shane Griffith, the returning NCAA champ in the quarters. <laughs> um, you know, and then you've got guys like Peyton Hall and Luke Weber and Canigliaro up at the top with, with Evan Wick. What, uh, what, what, what don't you like about this weight?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this, this one's going to be wild. Um, I think Justin McCoy's coming in very much under the radar. He's only got two losses on the year. He doesn't have a lot of good wins. Um, Didn't been dinged up most of the season. Um, But he's one of those guys that that could really make a name for himself this weekend. Um, there's so many good first round matches at this weight. Um, Bullard and Hartman, I think, is going to be a really good match. I think they, they will match up well. Um, Bullard can be really stingy. Um, and he can also kind of throw the kitchen sink at you, depending on where he's at. Uh, Wenzel is the scariest person I've ever seen on top. And where I would want no part of that. He's so (laughs) unassuming. Like you you wouldn't just looking at him, you wouldn't think that he will rip your arm off and beat you with it, but he would. Um, So he's a, he's going to be real dangerous. I think him and Karchel will be a fun match. Very different styles. Very, very different styles.
0: Different Um, styles, but, but almost like similar bases to their styles. If that makes sense. Like these are two guys that are going to be like next to impossible to break out of position. Um, Yeah, but they have different offenses that they go to, to try to get their opponents out of position, which I think is where a lot of the intrigue is like, like, like they're both not afraid to hand fight and they're both not afraid to just kind of take ground and, you know, find their setups through inside ties. But the, the attacks that they go to from there, um, you know, Wenzel obviously has a hammer on top. I don't think that I've seen Karchley get ridden hardly at all this season. That'll be that, that, that's going to be a fun, just stylistic matchup. I agree. I hope that that's, that's the second round matchup. And it's crazy to me that that's the second round matchup because in a different world, that's potentially, you know, a quarter semi or even finals yeah. matchup, depending on how this weight ultimately unfolds.
1: Yeah. And then Valencia dropping all the way down to the 18, I and mean, you know, he's going to be dangerous.
0: Seating committee that's does a, not like the Pac-12, huh?
1: No, they do not. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, he doesn't have a great record this year, but you know what he's capable of. So you know, that's a big landmine to throw down there. Yeah. Um, O'Toole's been very impressive this year. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, same thing, Yant's been really good, though, too. So that'll be a fun match.
0: Yeah, Yant's very... What intrigues me about the Yant-Valencia match is Valencia's got, you know... He's got the ability to hit a million different attacks from a million different angles. If he just decides to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. whereas like Yant defensively, like he's, he's a brick wall and he's figured out how to wrestle on top. So a lot of his wins this year are like two Oh, because he gets the escape. He doesn't allow takedowns and he gets the riding time point, like, mm-hmm. you know, or four one, because he finds a way to score a takedown. Like, that's just, that's how he's going to wrestle every single one of his matches, which is it's, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing style to watch. <laughs> um, if people can kind of pick up what I'm putting down there, but, <laughs> but like the guy is in every single match that he wrestles, Um, And so very intrigued to kind of see him and Valencia, how that stylistically matches up. Um, and if he's able to win that, you know, can he slow down Keegan O'Toole? I, I am of the belief that the answer is no, but you know, that's if maybe, 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I obviously you got the potential cards Lewinsel matchup to go alongside that. Um, very intrigued if you know if Marinelli can get to the quarters, um, to Russell Camamine again. That was also another matchup that was not very aesthetically pleasing. Um, in the Big Ten finals,
1: don't sleep on a Linux though.
0: No, maybe. from Northern
1: Illinois. Yeah, that'll be a good match with mean.
0: Yeah, Amin was one of those guys where it's like, you know, he he was an All American last year, but he, you know, he he won some big matches in the Russellbacks, and then he was the beneficiary of of Marinelli medically forfeiting mm-hmm. after his rib, so that put him into the top eight. Um, and so I was, I'll be honest, like I was kind of bullish on him, and then he beat uh, Karchla, and it was just a fantastic match from Amin, just very well scouted, very the game plan was very well executed. Um, just super impressed by that. And so I, since then I'm like, you know, can he make a run? Like we, I kind of have to see where he falls in the bracket, but I like that made me a believer out of a mean, um, you know, Marinelli beat him in the big 10 finals, two to one, you know, a, a stall point, I guess. And then they traded escape. So again, not very aesthetically pleasing. So hopefully Mm. that goes a little different if they do hit, um, you know, we, we know that Marinelli's history at this tournament's not exactly great. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm super excited. Um, the potential quarterfinal between Hamidi and Griffith. Um, those are just two guys that are going to throw everything out there and whatever sticks sticks. Um, you know, and I think that that could be, uh, it, whoever wins that one, it's going to be something like an eight, seven or a nine, eight match. Like that one's just going to be a lot of fun, a lot of scrambles, a lot of attacks, a lot of, mm-hmm. and they're going to do that all seven minutes too.
1: So, uh Marinelli's lost with the He lost to right? in the duel. Okay, um, uh, so okay. yeah,
0: that put him as the two seed last week, but then Amin beat Karchla in the semis. So they were not able to get a rematch.
1: Okay. Um, I think a fun one Thursday night is, the uh, Peyton Hall. So, Can- uh, Canigliaro. I think that'll be a, a really fun match.
0: Peyton Hall, very, he's a sneaky, good wrestler. And he is the nine seed kind of, okay. Like, yeah, he's got all American potential, but this is a guy that could absolutely get into the quarters. Um, you know, or he's a guy that could absolutely, you know, if if Canigliaro can beat him, absolutely he can. Uh, Peyton Hall's a dude that could make a run on the in the Russellbacks um, and mm-hmm. be there on Friday night. I, I like that Agreed. you pointed that one out. Agreed. That's uh, that's yeah, man. That's sixty-five, similar to forty-nine, very volatile. Like, there's a lot of fun things that could happen here. Um, I any other any other parting thoughts before we head to seventy-four, which is going to be just as nutty?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good there. Yeah, like you said, there's gonna be a lot of chaos, and that one's another one that's got a, a lot of potential to just fall apart and end up with like a twenty seed getting a sixth place. So we'll see.
0: Totally here for that. That's 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 why they wrestle, right? Yep. Um, one seventy four. Um, gonna be just as nutty. I mean, I say that, but like we look at you know the top seeds here, and I feel like most of the quarterfinals, like we can almost like lightly pencil them in. Um, I say lightly pencil because there's some things that could happen. Um, you know, you got Carter Stracci at the one seed from Penn state, Makai Lewis, Virginia tech at the two Logan Massa from Michigan at the three Hayden Heidley at the four, Michael Kemmer getting the five seed shout out to the medical forfeits. Um, <laughs> Dustin plot gets the six, Ethan Smith gets the seven. And then Michael O'Malley from Drexel gets the eight over Mikey Labriola, who is the nine seed. What are our initial thoughts here at 74?
1: Uh, my first thought was that I need to watch more O'Malley matches because I haven't seen him much this year. Um, but coming in with a twenty-two and two record is uh impressive. So, he scraps,
0: man. He's he's yeah, pretty tough. I
1: have, to, have to rewind some of the Drexel matches there and check some more of that out. Um, really glad they separated Hydley and Lewis. Um, I mean it's a treat to see them wrestle, but I'd I rather see them wrestle in the late rounds than early on. Um. Clay Lout is on the same in the same quarter as Lewis, which, you know, not optimal. Lewis is 2-0 against him this year, so I wouldn't see that going the other direction anyway. But um, I think Mackay is in a really good spot. I mean, he's going to have Lout and Ethan Smith winner of that. He's beat both of them this year um, to make it in against probably Massa. Yeah. So I mean I, I feel really good about Makai's path. Um, I like Hayden's quarter. Uh, the only only concern there is you know what what are we going to get from Kemmerer? Um Is his arm still going to be intact when he gets to that part of the tournament? Um, so I mean, Hayden's Hayden's not happy, um, and I think he wants to make a big statement this weekend. So um, I mean, you can see you're going to see a very focused Hayden Highley. Uh, next week
0: my uh my first thought seeing this, like very very similar, that you know Michael Cameron and Hayden Heidler, are these two decorated seniors um, for two programs that have been absolutely fantastic over the, you know the course of their careers. And both of them wanna win a title. and both of them are gonna whoever does it is gonna have to earn it because mm-hmm. they're obviously gonna pro- they're gonna have to beat each other. Um, no disrespect to Kay DeVos, Southeast Polk guy. Um, <laughs> and I love that potential second round matchup between Kemmer and Kay DeVos. Um, no offense to Matt Feinsilver, who has a tough, pretty tough first round match with Hayden Hastings first. And then, you know, presumably he gets Heidley in the second round. Um, but if, Feinsilver if Heidly wins
1: because he has a better mustache, so Feinsilver gets the advancement point,
0: that's let's you give him an extra point for advancement for that. Like, do, like do we, can we hit bonus points for mustaches? Like Pat Brucky should get them all as well.
1: No, oh, he should get five or six.
0: <laughs> That'll help Michigan in the team race. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's you know, Michael Kemmer, Hayden Hidley, two guys that I think a lot of people outside of the NC State and Iowa circles would like to see them both I they'd like to see them at both at least get to Saturday night again. Um, you know, if, if the world was just they both would have won national titles by now, but we all know that life is not very fair and now they're probably going to have to go through each other if they want to do it. Right. Like, which is, it seems so fitting. Um, but it's also just like, damn, really? Like, you know, which like, that's going to be a really fun first round or not first round Friday morning match. Um, you know, and then it's like, Oh hell yeah. Michael Kemmer Hayden Heidley. And then it's like, well, crap, the winner probably gets Carter Storacci, Right. Like that's (laughs) like job not done. Right. Which is
1: not the best. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and kind of looking at 74, you know, like it, it kind of stinks that Labriola got seated behind Michael O'Malley. Like, this is one of those where I kind of want to ask the committee, like, how did you solve this riddle? Um, nothing against O'Malley. I just, I, you know, Labriola has got a win over Kimmer, who's got a win over plot who's got two wins over Ethan Smith. Um, you know, Logan Massa beat Labriola. He got to the finals. So I, the three seed works for me. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think you, you know, you, you'll probably lightly pencil Starachi into the quarters, um, lightly pencil in Cameron and you know, Massa is going to see either plot or Mako. I know plot won the big 12. Um, that was a pretty exciting finals match. So, um, you know, those, that'll be a fun little second round match there. And then Ethan Smith clay Lout. we'll see which version of clay Lout we get because Ethan Smith's mm-hmm. just, Ethan Smith's just solid, man. Um,
1: His match match against Makai in the duel was, was great. Um, uh one of the better early season matches.
0: Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of talent here. It's a lot of top heavy talent for as intriguing as this weight might be. Um, yeah, I, is there, I, are there anything, is is there anything in the first round that maybe sticks out to you? I mean, there's, there's a few matches that maybe stick out to me, but I think a lot of this weight or a lot of the star power at this weight sits, you know, in those top six, seven, eight, nine seeds.
1: Um, nothing really jumps off. I think fine silver Hastings will be a good, um, Runyon-Mantanona, I think, will be an interesting match.
0: It will be. Uh, Mantanona's beaten him twice this year um, in the duel and at the Big 12 tournament. We'll see where Lance's health is at. He's another Southeast Polk kid, um, which is a high school, like right down the road here in Des Moines. Um, So fingers crossed that Lance is healthy. But, yeah, that was one I had circled just because Lance hasn't beaten Mantanona yet. Um, And then, obviously, the winner gets Makai, so have fun.
1: Yeah, uh, those are the ones that really jumped off the page. I think, like you said, I think we have a pretty established, you know, core of guys here that that we're looking to move on to the later rounds, uh, and I don't expect nearly as much chaos at this weight.
0: Yeah, I think the the maybe one one name to watch, at least that I'll be watching. Although I will say, like the Thomas, um, you know, the, the the Thomas is it Flitz or Filts? Flitz. Yeah. Thomas Flitz from uh, App State. Yeah, him and Chris Foka in the first round. That one could be interesting. And I wonder, you know, Chris Foka, we saw him down in Florida at the collegiate duels. Um, He did not give up a takedown. This was a really funny stat from, I think Willie was the one that kept track of this. He did not give up a takedown against either Makai or Carter Starachi, and he lost both matches. So like, I think Chris Foka is a guy where, you know, he brings his head. I think he could spook Massa there in the second round, potentially even beat him. That, that could be the one. And I don't know how big of a wild card that would be, but I think that might be the one wild card to watch. Um, you know, Massa was really solid at the big 10 tournament, like him. And when him and Mackie Labriola were wrestling in their semifinal match, that was a lot of us were on the floor at that point. And that was like, just whenever they hit each other, car wreck after car wreck, like it was, mm. it was gnarly. Um, you know, So that that's that might be the one second-round match, I think, potentially to watch. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. There, there seems to be kind of a defined pecking order here, and it's a matter of can somebody break through there. Um, I like Chris Folk at 14. I like Kay DeVos from South Dakota State at 12. Um, I know I mentioned him before, another Southeast Polk guy. Um, he's put a lot of things together now that he's up at 174. He had been wrestling 57 and 65, um, and the weight cut was just kind of meh. But now that he's at 74, he's figured a lot of things out. I think, you know, if he can't get through Kemmer in that second round match, that's a guy to watch in the Russellbacks. Um, yeah, I think uh, Fine Silver Hastings, you mentioned that one. Fun, this fun weight, pretty defined top tier group of guys, but there's a pretty dangerous second tier who I think could, you know, if they can't bust up the the top tier on the front side, they could absolutely make some noise in the Russellbacks, which is another part of what kind of makes this weight really, really fun.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Absolutely. Any parting thoughts before we head to eighty four?
1: Um, I don't think so. I mean, seventy four is a good opportunity for the ACC. We um, <clears throat> realistically have two semifinalists, mean um, <clears throat> highly and Lewis, and hopefully one, if not both of them, can break through to Saturday night. Yeah, I like
0: uh, I like Mackay's odds maybe a little bit better than than Heidley's just because maybe that's not the best way to phrase it. Maybe it's you know, Hydley's path just looks a little bit more dangerous than Mackay's yeah. does. Just at least on paper. I know that if they both get to the semis, that'll be you know those matchups are going to be wild. But um, you know, like we said before, you get to Friday night, man. You just you give yourself a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, at one eighty four, this was another one where I'd kind of like to see how the seed, how this seeding riddle was solved a little bit. Um, They ended up going with Miles Amin at the one seed, Aaron Brooks at the two, Trent Heidley at the three, Northern Iowa's Parker Keck-Eisen at the four. Um, Then you got Bernie Truax at the five, uh, Trey Munoz at the six, Caleb Romero at the seven, and then Marcus Coleman from Iowa State at the eight seed. Um, Initial thoughts on 184. I know I got a few, but you're you're the ACC guy, so I'm kind of curious what you think.
1: Uh, not happy with Gavin Cain's seat uh, at all. I mean, he's it, it says fifteen and four next to his, his name, but he's twelve and two at one eighty-four. Um his losses are to, to Hidley. So you know, those are solid losses. He has a couple losses at seventy four. Um he lost to Ethan Smith and then um one of NC State's backup to the Wolfpack open. But and that was when he was you know, bouncing uh, up to, to up to eighty four after getting beat by uh, out in the wrestle off. So, um, not not real happy with his seed. Not happy with the fact that uh, yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. But um, he's got a highly second round. So we've already seen that, and it doesn't give Gavin a very good chance at, at making a as much of a run as he could with the season that he's had. So. That's unfortunate, but such is life, I guess. Um, I think Bolin had a rough end of the season, um, but he could always—he's always got the potential to make noise. He's got a real rough draw though. He's got Abe Assad to open, and then if he wins that, he's got Aaron Brooks. So, not a fun, not a fun uh, Thursday.
0: Yeah, but, that was kind of what I was thinking about mm-hmm. Abe. If if he can get through Bolin, he's Hasn't looked great. He lost four of five going into the Big Ten tournament. Then he went two and two at the Big Ten tournament, um, accepted a medical forfeit to finish seventh. He almost beat Taylor Venz in the quarters, um, just didn't quite get on his horse fast enough. He was in on a potential match tying shot as time expired in the third, dropped that one four to two, um, lost a tough one to Kyle Cochran. From Maryland on the backside, a matchup I thought he probably should have won because um, he had entered in as the five seed, but now he, you know, you, you get what you earn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now you got Hunter Bolin in the first round. And if you can <laughs> beat him, your reward is Aaron Brooks. If not, your reward is you got to go through the Russell backs. Um, and that ain't going to be easy because um, he you know, about at the ballpark, you know, in the Russell backs, he could potentially see Dakota gear or Jeremiah Kent, um, and gear beat him up pretty good about at the ballpark. Um, you know, Jeremiah Kent, I thought, you know, a little, maybe a little underseeded. He's beaten Mark and Marcus Coleman twice. Um, you know, Marcus Coleman drew the eight seed. He's had a spectacular season. Um, you know, his four losses twice to Kent, twice to Parker Keck Eisen. So, you know, not bad losses by any means. Mm. So, um, you know a lot of a uh, lot of big 10 a lot of big 12 here at this weight i know the big 10 got all 14 guys in and there's there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are not very happy about that yeah. and i get it um you know cuz when you see a guy like jack jessen for example in the pigtail with a 3 and 11 overall record it's like hmm how did he get here um <laughs>
1: virginia think like of virginia high school state tournament there
0: um yeah right just way too many classes yeah um yeah this is i but th- i i think This is another weight where it's similar to 74, I think at least, in that you can kind of outline the top tier of guys. And then behind them, I think it's a maybe bigger second tier of guys who can probably make some legitimate noise. Like, I think think they got the top four right, right? You got Amin, you got Brooks, you got Heidley, you got Keckheisen. And then below them is this second tier where you've got, you know – the Jeremiah Kents, the Dakota Gears, the Marcus Coleman's, the, um, you know, the Gavin Canes, the Hunter Bolins, the, you know, there's a lot of dudes here who I think could make a push to make the podium at this weight. A lot of them are going to have to do it on the backside because I really don't see how the top four all don't get to the semifinals barring something unforeseen. So I Mm. think the Russell backs, in this particular weight, are going to be super fascinating just to kind of see how they unfold.
1: Yeah. And you got some, some really solid guys with low seeds. I mean, I know Pog has been dealing with something, but he's returning all American at the 20 seed. So there's, uh, some potential for some, some real fun battles on the backside. Um, I haven't seen much of Trey Munoz this year, but I'm really interested to see he's coming in at 20 and three. Another Oregon easy.
0: state guy just kind yeah. of in that, in that range where, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to scrap and you know, he's probably pretty tough and you know, he's got Keegan Moore who, you know, this is his third school. I'm pretty sure that he's been at. He's, he started Oklahoma state came to you and I for a little bit. And now he's at Oklahoma. So he's among the rare few that have qualified for the national tournament for both the Cowboys and the Sooners. Um,
1: oh, he's got a quarter of the big 12 coverage. So that's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, a few years ago, that's half the big 12.
1: <laughs> Most of the big eight. There you go. Um,
0: yeah, I think I, one of the first matches or the first round matches, I think that really sticks out to me is uh, Taylor Vins, Travis Stefanik. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think either one of those guys could probably win that one. Um, I think, you know, Taylor Vins might be, he might have the better resume quote unquote, but like Travis Stefanik is a dude that's going to come and scrap. So that one I think could be really fun. And then the other one that sticks out, I think is Tate Samuelson, Britt Wilson up top, the 1221 matchup. I think that one could be a lot of fun. Um, Britt Wilson out of the Mac, Tate Samuelson out of the big 12. Um, those are probably the two that jump out initially to me. I mean, there's a lot of intriguing first round matchups just because of the way that I think we view this weight, but I, what, what others, what others maybe stick out to you?
1: Um, I think Hopkins and Braun Agle. Hopkins has got some real potential. Um, so he's, That'll be a fun match. And then I think Batista Coleman. Like if Batista started off so strong this year, I think he started 12 and 0, 12 and 1, and then kind of hit a wall. I mean, you know, UVA dealt with a lot of COVID issues, and and unfortunately, a lot of those guys got hit and kind of dropped them down for a while. um, But since he's kind of he's got back up to speed, when he is on, he is he's very aggressive. Um real fast, really strong, a lot of um strong takedowns, great on his feet. Um if he's on, it could be a really fun match with Coleman. So I like this yeah. one. Yeah, because Coleman's one of those player. guys where
0: he's he's similar, a lot of different attacks mm-hmm. on his feet. Um and he's also I for my money, very underrated on top. So we'll see what kind of um you know challenge that presents for Batista. But yeah, I like I like, not I a like good that one. <laughs> not a not a good one. Okay, well there not you a go. Good one um uh, yeah because i think like last year coleman was he was good on top but it was more like i'm gonna keep you down um and if you you know if you roll i'm gonna pin you this year coleman has figured out how to turn people and it's it's quite scary um because he is you know he'll ride the crap out of you but then at the end of the second period he'll be up 80 um so we'll we'll keep an eye on that one i'm i'm very high on marcus coleman that's a dude that um you know, he's from Ames, which is, you know, up, up just north here of Des Moines, um, you know, watched him win three state titles, watched him, um, you know, become, you know, junior All-American, stuff like that, and and watched him, you know, kind of navigate, you know, a year of KJ and now, you know, four <laughs> years of Dresser to, you know, he was, I mean, he was one of the dudes, he was one of the KJ's dudes that really stuck. He, he stayed, he stayed home, like he stayed at Iowa State, he stayed at the program, and now he's. You know, really starting to reap the benefits. I think of working with guys like Metcalf and and Derek St. John, and um, you know he's been he's been spectacular this season. So i I'd, I'd like to see him make a push to finish on the podium this year. I think that'd be really really cool for him, and really really cool for the Ames community, and um, you know obviously really cool for Iowa State just to you know continue to build on you know what Dresser has been able to do there in such a short amount of time. So we'll. We'll see what he can do. Um, like that you brought up Poznanski, um, you know, returning all American is the 20 seed and um, you know, Kent not beat him for third last year and they could hit in the second round. So um, hashtag depth.
1: Maybe um, <laughs> I mean, Cochran's had a good season too. So Cochran's had a
0: really good season and he had a really good big 10 tournament. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. I like what uh, Alex Clemson's doing over there. I know it's just his first year, but he's, or no, this is his second year. Cause he had the COVID year. Yeah. Um Really excited to kind of see that team continue to build. I think they can climb up to the middle of the Big Ten pretty quickly because I know he, I know Clemson's excited about a lot of the red shirts that they have. Um, that they'll get a
1: great recruiting class coming in too.
0: Yeah, they're yep. they're gonna they're gonna be pretty good pretty quickly. So that'll that'll be kind of fun to monitor. Um,
1: so craziest thing at this weight, I think, is the fact that you have a potential rematch of the the final last year in the semis. You got Aaron Brooks and Heidley on the same side.
0: Yeah. And I really
1: don't see how that,
0: I know we kind of touched on this earlier. Like the semis are probably going to be one versus four, three versus two. I don't see how anybody could really stop that from happening.
1: Mm -mm. Just kind of knowing what we know about these guys. Yeah, no, I don't see anybody stopping Heidley early. Um, Him and Brooks had a great match last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. I think Heidley's, you know, turned it up a level and he's, uh, He's been impressive this year. We got 92% bonus, 87, 87 or 92% bonus rate. So I think it went down over the weekend, but.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, if you win a weight that, you know, has a returning NCA champ and a uh, reigning Olympic bronze medalist, I think, I think I could be wrong. That probably puts you in the OW conversation. Uh, um, safe bet. <laughs> well, I, let me ask you this to kind of tie a bow on 84. Um, <laughs> what, I mean, what is it going to take? from Heidley to, to beat Aaron Brooks. He was close last year. I know Keck Eisen was pretty close to Aaron Brooks down in Florida when they wrestled Amin, got the job done at the big 10 tournament. Um, You know, I mean, we've seen these guys wrestle on and off. Like you mentioned last year's final, like what, what do you think is going to take for, for Heidley to get the job done? Assuming they hit in the semis. I,
1: I think the biggest thing that we see from Heidley this year is he's, he's more confident in being him and wrestling his style. Um, I think that's why you see, you know, a really high bonus rate is that he's, you know, he's going out there doing what he wants to do and and he's really good at it. Um, He doesn't really wait for people to give him anything. He takes what he wants. And I think he was a little more hesitant with that last year. So we'll see if, you know, another year of maturity makes the difference in that in that matchup.
0: 197. Um, this I like this might be one of the more like most volatile weights in the entire tournament. Um, you know, Max Dean at the one seed, Stephen Buchanan at the two seed, Eric Schultz at the three, Brucky at the four, Nino Bonacorsi returning finalist at the five seed, um, Jacob Warner at the six, Rocky Elam at the seven, Lou Dupre from Binghamton at the eight seed. Um, I feel like you could probably take. The top 16 seeds, maybe even the top 20 seeds. Really, um, you know, when you factor in guys like Jiello at the 17, and you know Jacob Kosher at the 20, and Jake Woodley at the 13, and I even Owen Pence there at the 22. I you probably take this entire weight, throw it in a bag, pull out eight names. Those are your All-Americans, and we'd all be like, yeah, totally. That makes sense.
1: This this is, <clears throat> this, is this is wide open. <laughs> I mean, you have Iello north fleet opening round with a 17 and 16 seed. that's bonkers so (laughs) this 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 way could go a lot of different directions and i really don't know like even you know max has had a great season definitely earned the one seed but would you be surprised to see him upset in the quarters
0: no, yeah. like not I think there's a, and I was talking with this, I was talking about this with Earl at Lincoln, you know, what's the type of rustler that can beat Max Dean? Well, he's his one loss this season is to Cam Caffey and just the way he wrestles, like he's very, he's going to hold his position. He's going to, he's going to do what he does. Um, clearly he can ride pretty well. So that's another factor, but um, you need an athlete to just basically force positions to get him out of positions. And that's, what's going to maybe be the biggest threat to him. And when you look at his path, there's a lot of those literally everywhere, right? Like he could, you know, ILO or Northley, like whoever it is in on Thursday night, um, have fun with that. Right. He could hit cam Kathy again in the quarters on Friday morning. And then you're looking at any combination of Nino Tanner, Sloan, Jake Woodley, Pat Brucky, potentially, or anybody that beats those guys in the semifinals, and they all present different problems. Like I think Brucky's probably a mirror of Max Dean, um, but like Woodley, super long and lanky. Um, Tanner Salone's a hammer on top. Nino's going to take ten million shots in a match. <laughs> like what are you know? Like there's like for a one seat, I look at this draw and it's like, damn man, like like. Talk about a guy that's going to have to earn it. Like Dean's going to have to earn it to hold serve here at that one seed.
1: Everybody though. I mean, it's top or bottom side. You're going to have to work your way through a minefield to get to even, you know, to the medal rounds, let alone to the finals. So I mean, uh, Dean, his second round match is going to be tough. I mean, Ielo or Northlake, Ielo's gigantic at 97 and holds this position really well. Um, Northfleet is dangerous uh, and he's kind of fell off towards, you know, in the middle of the year, had a rough stretch, but he's, you know, he can go with anybody. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know what to make of this weight. Like it's, it's, there's so many different ways this, this could shake out and none of them would be surprising.
0: Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of, I, like I was watching the big 12, big 12 finals on Sunday and Stephen Buchanan was very, very impressive. Um, and he's been impressive, you know, gotten to see quite a bit of him this year, just, you know, watching Iowa state and you and I in the big 12 and, um, you know, not super shocking at all to me if he were to make the finals, but in the same vein as Max Dean, like he's, you know, Isaac Trumbull, Luke Stout in the first round and the winner gets Buchanan, you know, and that Buchanan's got to get through JT Brown first, who's pretty tough, but that's, you know, that's Buchanan's match to lose, but Trumbull or Stout, awesome. Have fun with that one. And if you win, yeah. your reward on Friday morning is some combination of Rocky Elam, <laughs> Michael Foy, Braxton Amos, younger Bastida. Like that is a gnarly quad.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> I, think, I think Trumbull could give Buchanan a lot of issues because he's so long and he uses his length so well and I think that's the biggest difference with him this year is he figured that out and had to use that leverage and it's made a huge difference um, in the big wins that he's had this year so I think he could give you know he could Buchanan could have his hands full with him
0: yeah like just that I don't know that whole bottom half of the of the bottom half of the bracket, just you know like Rocky Elam returning all american like he he was one of those guys that ran through the Russell backs last year to finish on the podium, won a junior world title this summer, um so did Braxton Amos, who's the twenty three <laughs> seed um younger Bastida can take literally anybody down, including Buchanan, like Buchanan had to go to o t to beat him in the duel and then I you know he he caught him and pinned him in the in the third period at big twelves um that's a fun little quad and it wouldn't surprise me to see I Braxton Amos has struggled quite a bit this year. Um, you know, I, but I still not going to put it out of the realm of possibility that he could potentially take out younger. Also not going to rule out younger as the 10 seed get into the quarters. Cause he's beaten Rocky Elam twice this year. Like there's <laughs> there. Yeah. Like this, you know, and you can do that with every portion of the bracket, right? Like Eric Schultz is the three seed, but like, you know, you're going to have to deal with Greg Bolsack probably in the mm-hmm. second round. Owen oh, Pence has some really big wins. Um, you know, can he take out Panola and then, you know, Jacob Warner at the six seed? Like I, like I, I was looking at this bracket. I'm like, dude, Jacob Warner might have the safest path of any of the top eight seeds just to get to the quarters. Um, yeah. And that's just because his, that. of his history, having beaten Panola before. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know that stylistically, that's a great matchup for Owen Pence, but um, yeah man like there's it's just this bracket could unfold in like a thousand different ways and i'd be like yeah like that's yeah it's 97 what are you gonna do
1: i think this is the way it's set up too i think even though the the seeds are chaotic because there's no real alternative to that with this with this weight but the way the quarters are set up is that there's there's different levels of danger and they all kind of pose a risk to the the top person and that quarter so they shake out really interestingly. So I think it'll be, a, it's going to be a really fun wait.
0: I, I like it. I like yeah, it. I don't, this I is...
1: don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this weight. I think it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm super excited for this one. And there's, you know, some obvious team implications with guys like, you know, Warner and Brucky and Dean. And then also, you know, can Trumbull make a run out of the 15 spot? Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked to see that. Um, can Rocky Elam make a run for Mizzou? Wouldn't be shocked to see that. Um, yeah, there's, 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 you know, Jake Woodley was in the semifinals last year, I believe, as you know, a 15 seed, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, yeah, this was the wait last year where Schultz came in as the two seed and lost in the first round, and that yeah. opened the door for Jake Woodley to get into the semis. Um, uh, but then Nino mm-hmm. beat him, so yeah, like, you know, Nino at the five seed, like, we can't discount him. Um, you know, could could he get back to the finals? Um Yeah, I. It's you know, it's it's unfortunate that AJ Ferrari is not here at this weight. But him not being here at this weight is why it's so like wide open, right? Because yeah. I think you know, I, I think <clears throat> Ferrari has showed over the last year and a half that he's when he's in when he when he's healthy, he's probably the best pound for pound ninety seven pounder in the country. But when he's not there, it's anybody's weight. And so it went from mm-hmm. you know Ferrari and the field to the field
1: and, and it's a big field.
0: <laughs> yeah. I very, you know, very excited to see just kind of how this thing unfolds. This is, you know, similar to, you know, 49 or 65, just like, holy crap, what's going to happen?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it, the difference is this is a weight where anybody in the top 20 could finish in the top half of all Americans and it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Like you're going to have some chaos in those other weights and there's a lot of upset potential, but I don't think you see the, you know, the large swath of people that could make the podium like you do here. Yeah,
0: no, I totally agree. Yeah. Like it would like, let's use the ACC as an example, like JILO could make a run either on the front side or the back side as the 17 and finish fifth and nobody would be surprised, but in mm-hmm. a few other weights, I think if the 17 seed finished on the podium, there would be like a huh? What happened? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally agree with that. Um, yeah, ready, ready for the chaos that is one ninety seven. Any parting thoughts <laughs> before we head to the final weight?
1: Um, not really. I think Bullsack Cardenas is going to be a really fun match first round, so that'll be a good one to watch.
0: I like that one. I like the. Uh, I like Amos Bastida. I really like Trumbull Stout. Um, mm-hmm. I think that one's going to be a blast. Um, also, sounds like a beer trumble out <laughs> maybe I'm just thirsty um that yeah that is well. that's 197 um gonna be a fun weight very excited to kind of see how that one unfolds 285 final weight appreciate everybody still sticking with us if you're still listening. Hopefully you're following along and having as much fun as we are. Um, this one was also intriguing um, just in terms of seeds. I, I kind of want to see the, you know, how they ultimately came to this, um, but ultimately not, not terribly upset about it. Gable at the one Colton Schultz at the two, Tony Cassiopeia at the three Greg Kirkley at the four Wyatt Hendrickson at the five Jordan Wood at the six Mason Paris at the seven. And then Matt stencil at the eight, um, I really love this heavyweight field. I know that again, it's it's similar to seventy four. We kind of know who the defined guys are, but the, I think the the little matchups in between that are intriguing are also going to kind of help fill in some of those gaps behind the top guys. What do you? What kind of ultimately sticks out about uh, about this weight for you?
1: Um, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of potential here for some upsets that we wouldn't expect. I think we have that, the defined kind of hierarchy here, but I think there's, there's, there's a few people that I think that could really throw a wrench in this way. So it'll be interesting to see if that's, you know, if it stays kind of chalky, like it, you know, it should based on who we have, or if we are really able to see some of these, especially some of these younger guys, um, because you always have – it seems like the last few years, at least at, at heavyweight, you have a younger guy kind of introducing himself at the NCAA tournament and making a run. So we should see if we if we have one of those this year.
0: Well, who do you think could uh, potentially throw a wrench into this weight?
1: Oh, a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, Tyree Houghton has got – he's got a lot of potential to upset some people. I think Hendrickson is going to be a a real tough match for him. Um, But I could see him upsetting Lance first round. Um, I I haven't picked in my, in my picks, but um, my first round of picks, at least I'm sure. (laughs) Who else did we talk about? Uh, Wolfram. I think he's got some potential to to mess things up on the backside. Um, That bottom quarter, uh, with Schultz, you got uh Knight and Ward and I don't know how to say his name, got Godaldi Yeah. Play from uh Campbell, um, who's a smaller heavyweight but incredibly athletic and has a motor. Um, so that bottom quarter is gonna be a lot of fun. Him and Fernandez first round, and then Knight and Ward, who is a very strong and very dangerous, um uh, he's gonna give Schultz
0: some problems.
1: Agreed. He's big. He's he's uh a Different kind of big than Schultz, so yeah, I like
0: uh, that. I like the uh, I like the Luke Serber, Luke Luffman first round match. I know the winner there mm-hmm. probably hits Cassiope, which is a little unfortunate, but um, Luffman had a really nice uh, Big Ten tournament last week. And uh, Serber, I mean, shoot, I, I Serber, I know 13 and eight, um, and I think he's he's not a huge heavyweight, but um, you know, he gave Wyatt Hendrickson and all he could handle in the Big 12 finals, yeah, so that he was. Did. That was fun to watch um, really like the Hilger Elam first round match way up top. I know the winner probably, oh, the winner gets Gable. Um, <laughs> well, that kind of sucks, but like that could, that could be a fun one. Um, and I think it's an important one for Mizzou if they want to stick in the, if they want to stay in the team race. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, it's, it's this is one of those weights and it, you know, it, it's fun to look at like, oh, Hendrickson at, at the five, you know, him versus potentially Houghton or Lance in the second round. And, you know, Greg Kirkfleet, you know, potentially in the quarterfinals like that could be a fun little quarter. Matt Stencil, um, you know, Lucas Davidson potentially in the second round. Um, Let's be real. Gable's coming out of the top. Who's coming yeah. out of the bottom?
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we talked before we started recording that I looking at Schultz and seeing him wrestle. I don't, I, I don't understand how he's as good as he is. like he, he, <laughs> he, He's so good, but he just, it looks so effortless and it looks so I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It do, He doesn't seem like he should be as good as he is. Um, so I think he kind of gets overlooked a lot. Um, I think he definitely could make it through. Um, I think he's going to have some battles in that, that quarter too, but he's got to get through um, Paris or, you know, if Traxler can, can come on, um, him and Paris are very similar. Um, they're both really big, both really athletic. Um, so that will be a really fun match as well uh, for, the, for the Thursday night match. So I think Schultz can make it out. I think I would give him the edge over Cassiope. Um, so like we could see Stevens and Schultz. Have we seen that?
0: I don't think that we have and I know that I know we haven't seen it freestyle wise cuz Gable does yeah. freestyle Schultz does greco. Um, I'm super intrigued by you know I Traxler Paris and then the winner presumably gets Schultz in the quarters. Um just because it's it's stylistically, it's just so different, right? Like Mason, Mason will bowl you over. He will pin you at the first opportunity. And I think the one thing that Schultz doesn't get a ton of credit for is he's found a way to make the Greco thing work in folk style.
1: Mm-hmm. And he,
0: like, he's very sound defensively. He does have kind of the look of a more traditional heavyweight. Um, relies a little bit more on like hand fighting and and you know two on ones and wrist control and front heads, and that's how he scores his takedowns. Um, but like you know cassiope, sco- uh, cassiope beat him twice at last year's national tournament and i think he only took him down twice you know once in each match but like he like he really had to work to find the angle to take down schultz and so like that's you know whether it's traxler or paris and if he's able to beat either of them to russell you know cassiope or wood in the semis um, like what what is that going to you know what like what's that matchup going to look like um, you know, and especially in the case of Cassiope, like he's, you know, 20 pounds slimmer. He just, he looks a little bit more like the heavyweights that we see more nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's also dealing with a knee thing. So how does that affect him through the first part of this tournament? Um, I'm just like really interested to see the clash of styles here. Um, you know, cause Schultz is, is a new age heavyweight, but he kind of rustles like an old age heavyweight, um. So just like, you know, but he understands angles really well. Like he understands how to use the benefits of Greco and folk style. And so I'm just, I'm really intrigued to kind of see how his Friday goes. Um, because though, I mean, those are just going to stylistically just super interesting matchups. And so I'm just really curious to kind of see how he handles that. I mean, we watched him Russell Cassiope, but we didn't Russell, we, we didn't watch him Russell this version of Cassiope, which is super mm-hmm. intriguing. Um, you know, and I just, I don't think him and Paris have ever hit. So super just super intrigued I think by by those matchups specifically um, if they happen. Um, you know hopefully everybody stays healthy and um, yeah, the, I, the bottom side of that bracket, I think it's it's kind of it's pretty defined with you know Cassiope Wood, Paris Schultz, um, very still intrigued by the tractler Paris matchup, but um, you know, I can Gary Traub throw a wrench into Jordan Wood's <laughs> potential quarterfinal path? I don't know. Um, Cassiope handled Luffman and Serber pretty handily. So I don't see that being much of a problem. Um, yeah. Just very intrigued to kind of see how the bottom half of this unfolds. Plus the Russell backs. Cause there's a lot of guys in the top half who are still really, really good, even though they're not going to yeah. be able.
1: And that's what I, the, the, the things that I'm kind of most interested to see is, you know, what are Henderson's dental going to do on the backside? You know, what's, you know, what's Kirkley going to do? Is he going to be able to handle the slide after, after losing to, to Gable, um, presumably. I mean, I think it's safe to say that Gable should be, you know, we've been penciling people in. I think we can put Gable in with Penn. Um <laughs> I don't think anybody's touching him. Um, but, you know, what's the backside going to look like with those guys? Because there's a lot, of, a lot of potential for upsets coming on that backside, too, just looking what the way things are going to cross up. You know, depending on where people drop, there's some fun matches in that backside too.
0: Oh, no doubt. And there's a, you know, the potential quarterfinal, you know, if the seeds hold Kirk Flea and Hendrickson, like that one looks like a blast. Um, In the second round, Lucas Davison, Matt Stintel, um, that one could be a lot of fun. But then, yeah, like, you, you know, you're right. As these guys get picked off for second quarterfinal rounds. Um, you know the backside's going to be really intriguing, and especially in the case, you know, if Kirkley can't beat Hendrickson, who does he meet in the cross in the blood round? Um, you know, where's his head at after losing? Same thing with the loser, mm-hmm. you know, wherever Mason Paris falls off if he doesn't get to the finals, like where you know that's going to be important for Michigan that he he comes back right. So
1: yeah, there's there's a lot of team race implications here because yeah. we know you know most likely we're not getting. A champion from one of the teams that's going to be in the top of the team race. So, what are they going to do on the backside, and how many points are they going to be able to make up?
0: Yeah, you know, and then you know, potentially you know, Mason Paris, Tony cassiopeia in the semifinals. Like that's huge team race implications, mm-hmm. right? Because that's you know from guaranteed six to guaranteed second place points. So, like that one, that that would be huge on on yeah. uh, on Friday night. So. Um, yeah, there's, I, you know, I, I know that it's, it's Gable, it's Gable and a bunch of dudes. Um, but the bunch of dudes are very, very talented and have the rest of how this bracket unfolds, I think is going to be super interesting. Um, any parting thoughts on, on heavyweight or any parting thoughts on really like the rest of the field? I know we kind of really dissected these brackets top to bottom over the last couple hours, but, um, I, any, anything else maybe to top this off before we sign off here?
1: Um, I don't think so. Man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun tournament. Um, my hope is that we kind of see some, some different teams popping into the top 10 as we've gotten you know, teams that have kind of been on a resurgence, like on Iowa state. Um, and, you know, I, hopefully we're seeing two, maybe three ACC teams in the top 10, um, just conference wise. Um, I also like to see, you know, what are we getting from the smaller conferences? You know, how many SoCon guys are we going to get on the podium? those are the kind of things that are going to, you know, speak to the health the sport kind of as a whole. Um, so I'm hopeful that we, we get some of that, some, some good stuff out of that.
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, get, I was given some love this weekend when we were in Lincoln, I was, you know, shouting out Lockhaven sitting on press row because I was like, Hey, like somebody else won the Mac. Right. Cause you know, I'm, I'm a Mizzou guy. So I have been paying attention to the Mac <laughs> for the last decade. And so I'm always like, Oh, what's the Mac doing? You know, and Lockhaven was doing it this weekend and, you know, Mizzou was busy winning the big 12. So that was really fun. Can they follow it up? Um, yeah, no, I,
1: that stood out to me just kind of looking through brackets. So we talked about Oregon state kind of, you know, popping up a lot with with some strong records, Cleveland state, um, the other Moore brother, they've got some, some, some guys coming in with strong records as well. So I'm interested to see what they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that, that would be awesome to see. Um, but I, like I, on the law, on the large, I, I agree with you. Like, I want to see some of these, not as well-known schools, um, you know, make some noise here, right? Like I can Evan wick put Cal poly back on the map. Um, you know, can, you know, can some of these guys from the Mac conference make a run? Can some of these guys from the SOCON make a run? Um, you know, really happy that, you know, all the EIWA guys are back in the mix this year. Right. Like, and I spe- mm-hmm. you know, 25, I know is the easy one to circle with Pat glory and Vito, but, um, you know, Quincy Monday back in the mix, like what's, you know, what kind of noise is he going to make? Um, you know, the Cornell guys, like those guys always scrap this time of year. And I know we talked about a few of them, but, um, you know, super excited to have a lot of those guys back in the mix. And also too, um, you know, it's the first NCAA tournament that Rob Cole's the head coach at Stanford. So this is an opportunity I think for them to really kind of, you know, Hey, like this is, this is a step forward that we're taking. Stanford is here. Stanford is not going anywhere. And, um, you know, hope, hopeful that those guys can make quite a bit of noise. Um, Cause that was a really cool story last year with Shane Griffin. Yeah. Very,
1: very finals. different feel from, from what we had last year, but they could d- make a different type of statement. I mean, they made the statement last year that they needed to stay um, maybe to make this statement this year that they're, they're ready to make the leap to the next level.
0: Yeah. So, and especially in, you know, a, a PAC 12 conference where we've seen teams make that jump pretty quickly. I mean, we'd talk, we've been talking about Oregon state, um, you know, Arizona state's resurgence and, you know how they're they're going to be in the trophy mix this weekend. Um, be really cool if Stanford could do something similar. Um, yeah, man, I think that's uh we 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 pretty well dissected all these brackets pretty good. You got any other parting
1: thoughts before we head out for the night? I think we uh we we went over an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that was the goal when we first sat down. Like, oh, we spent about five minutes on every weight, um, and here we are. Way more than an hour later. Um, I really do appreciate you jumping on, man. Always appreciate uh, your perspective, especially coming out of the ACC. I know ACC guys always make noise at the big dance every year. Um, are you going to be in Detroit? Are you going to be there next week?
1: I am not. Uh, unfortunately, one of my kids is having some, some health stuff, so I don't want to be too far away from home. Um, I got gotcha. you. I will not be there, but I will be uh, not working, and I will be watching a lot of wrestling.
0: Quad boxing it up, watching wrestling all weekend, Absolutely. right? Yes, yeah, sir. We love that. We love that. Well, hey, I appreciate you making some time tonight. I know we went really, really long, but um, always appreciate another fun wrestling mind breaking down some uh, some wrestling, especially biggest wrestling tournament of the year. Detroit's going to be a blast. Um, so thank you so much, man. I really appreciate Absolutely.
1: it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Man. It was a lot of fun. Big thanks
0: to uh, Robbie for, I mean, not just breaking down the brackets. We really combed through those bad boys um, over the course of, you know, dang near two hours. I appreciate you guys listening. We'll get you out of here. Um, that's all we've got today. Um, be sure to rate and review the show, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter. Um, At Cody Goodwin, Instagram at Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the Des Moines Register so that you can catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. Um, This is the last podcast we're doing this week. We had a bunch of stuff uh, to get ready for before we head to Detroit. A lot of wrestling still coming this weekend with the D2 national tournament, the D3 national tournament. That one's in Cedar Rapids. D2s, I believe, are in St. Louis. Plus, the NAIA women's national tournament that's going on up in North Dakota, I believe, Jamestown. So, a lot of wrestling still going on. And then by by the way, Night of Conflict from IA Russell going on Saturday right here in Des Moines. So a lot of wrestling to tide you over before we get to Detroit. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be riding on all of those. We're going to be riding a bunch of stuff on the NCAA Division I National Championships. And then we'll be out in Detroit early next week. Going to be a really fun week coming up. Um, and yeah, like be sure to subscribe because I don't want you guys to miss anything. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.